Hi, I'm Valerie, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetics industry. This is episode 315. I'm your host, Valerie George, and with me today is Perry Romanowski. Hi, Perry. Hello, Valerie. Boy, it's been a while since we've done a show, but, uh, you know, both of us were traveling. Yes, we were. So today we're not going to answer any beauty product questions because we have been traveling, 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 uh, which we'll tell you guys about. Uh, But we're just going to do some of that famous inane chit chat and a bunch of beauty science news, plus a retraction we have to make. Whoa, a retraction. Well, I just did want to make sure we get a show in, so that's why we're doing it now. Retraction. I didn't hear about Denny's retraction, but we'll save it for a little bit down the road. But before we get to that, uh, Valerie, where you been? What what have you been up to? Well, uh, first, I want to talk about this being our 150th episode together. Whoa, 150 episodes. Whoa. Can you believe it? I'm going to put in some sound effects right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. Uh, It's uh, been a great time. I'm so glad that you had suggested we restart the Beauty Brains. It's been a lot of fun. And we appreciate all of the great questions that we've had sent in. So 150 episodes, we do about four questions an episode. That means we've answered... Hundreds. Hundreds. 600 at least. 600 questions at least. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what have been your favorite moments of us together? And by the way, I will say that this is just one milestone in a little bit. It will soon be to the point, I I would say maybe in 17 episodes, it's going to be to the point where I am the longest beauty brains over Randy. Oh, yes, that's right. The second longest running host. Yes, Yes. yeah. (laughs) Longest co-host, yeah. Exactly. Now that will be, we will have a big celebration then. Maybe I'll even write a song. And guess what? People (laughs) will still call me Randy. (laughs) They they will still, yes. (laughs) But then again, you're Randy and aren't we all? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So do you have any favorite moments together over the episodes? You know, my favorite times are when you uh, were describing... Uh, hair coloring, but specifically, I really enjoyed the henna hair coloring episode. I forget which one oh. that was. If we were more professional uh, podcasters, you would know what episode that. But look back in the uh, archives. But you went through and explained, like I didn't know a lot about henna coloring. You explained how that works and why once you do it one time, you know, it's pretty much stuck that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very hard to get out of the hair. Well, that's funny you remember that. Uh, I remember just uh, the times we've had a good laugh over some of the questions that come in. Not laughing at the questions, but, you know, the people, you know, our listeners sharing their funny experiences and then, you know, we'll just laugh for days about it. We know. do have some excellent, interesting questions. You know, it's always interesting to me, too, because while I spend a lot of time making beauty products, I don't spend a lot of time using them. And so I mm-hmm. feel sometimes there's this whole uh, culture of beauty products that I'm sort of separated from. I can tell you how the chemistry of it works, but I yeah. can't tell you like how people are using them. And it's, it's that's always very interesting and illuminating to me when consumers uh, or listeners will tell us about products that are important to them. And I look at them and I'm like, I look at the chemistry and I'm like, uh, that, why are you even using that thing? <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, cool. I should put it on my list. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you're. I know you. I've always been interested in how you're a big fan of azelaic acid. Azelaic, yeah. Well, for, All right. for the rosacea Azel- pustules, yeah. Do you remember that dermatologist wrote that thing? I do remember. Derm- sometimes, so sometimes, well, dermatologists will say, "Hey, chemists, love you, but you're outside of your lane here." Do you, yeah, you- but I would say my dermatologist would disagree with that dermatologist. Oh, I think. The thing is, dermatologists can, uh, they all come to their decisions sort of different routes, right? There's no, yeah. that's the thing about, uh, this is the thing about beauty science and dermatology and biology, really, it's not, it's not science as in the way like physics. Physics, you know, you can figure out a mathematical equation and you can explain things. Uh, biology is a little more squishy, we like to say. And yeah. when you talk about biology and then when you talk about the psychology of beauty products, that's even more squishy. And so the advice you get, you know, it's, it's, you, it's, we think of it from a scientific standpoint, but yeah, it's all about perspective. It is so personal. It's so personal, your personal experience and your personal wants and likes and that sort of stuff. And so when you get advice on how to, how to do skincare, nobody's general advice for one person is going to be accurate for everybody. Yeah. There you go. So that isn't even our chit-chat. That's just our opening line. We still have chit-chat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess what, Valerie? I'm talking to you right now. You know what I am? What are you? COVID positive. I. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've joined the COVID club. Uh, it but really... you haven't joined the COVID two-time club. No, I'm not a two-timer. I, you know what? I honestly kind of thought I was immune because I got vaccinated. I had double boosted, and my wife actually had gotten COVID uh, over back in December, and we didn't really like quarantine from each other. It's kind of a, you know, we live together. It's kind of a pain, and she, I never, I never got it. So I was thinking, I was thinking like, oh, I'm, I must be immune to this. But yeah. I went on this trip to London, and then I did a Bulgarian thing, international travel, and I came back, and I got a little thing, and I had a little cold. I thought it was just a cold, and I do a test, and uh, nope, COVID. Oh, my gosh. What I were know. you doing in London and Bulgaria? Can you remind oh, our listeners? Oh, well, London, I, I was at, uh, you know, I'm on the uh, IFSCC. I'm uh, on the Presidium, and so there was the uh, our national, our, our international conference uh, it's a three-day, actually a three-day Congress where you get lots of talking about uh, beauty science and the latest in technology and such. I met lots of great people. Uh, very interesting talks there. I, I, uh, if you follow my Twitter feed on Chemist Corner, uh, you can see uh, me tweeting some slides and what I thought about stuff. So go to that. And then uh, after London, I went out to Bulgaria. And I have you, have you been to Bulgaria? I have not, no. Oh, it's a fabulous, fabulous country, capital Sofia. Wait, isn't your middle name Sofia or something? <laughs> yeah. It is. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, capital Sofia, it's uh, a lot of mountains there. And yeah. uh, Bulgaria, uh, wonderful. They have wine, uh, lots of lots of uh, cured meats. That's, that's what you eat, a lot of cured meats. Yeah. And what did uh, you do there? I was actually speaking at, I gave a, a talk about, uh, cosmetic ingredient safety and then product development and uh, it it all went very well uh, it was a great trip and uh, I loved it all except for bringing home the souvenir of COVID so, yeah uh, hopefully I get better because I've got the uh, Chicago Marathon that I'm running next weekend 
I hope so too. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to the London conference because I was on vacation. You were in uh, Bratislava, if I recall. I was, yes. I did a trip to Slovakia, and it was a lot of fun. It was a tour uh, through the whole country of Slovakia, focusing on the Cold War history, World War II history, wow. medieval history. Yeah, it was super interesting. You know, there's a lot of medieval stuff in Bulgaria, like ancient yeah. Roman ruins. We were at a we were at a mall which was built uh, on top of a uh, what, what like a stadium or something. It was very very cool. Um, but in uh, Slovakia, he says Slovakia, right? Yeah. Um, where was that? A, was that like a Soviet thing? Did they have like yeah? Were well, they, they were the they were communist. Yes, yeah, they were. They were communist, and that fell in uh, nineteen eighty nine. And they were Czechoslovakia at the time, and then the two countries separated in ah. nineteen ninety three. And they've been trying to retain their own identity as as they had tried to throughout communism. And it was really interesting to see the effects that the fall of co- communism still had on the country and what privatization of property did um, to people and to hear that, and this was the perspective of our our tour guide who gave us a tour around the whole country who grew up there, that the fall of communism was great uh, for many people, uh, but for some people they were better off in communism because unemployment was so high after it fell. And so some people still have this nostalgia for it, but the whole tour was very interesting I read a couple books in preparation because that's the kind of person I am. And sure. uh, it was it was really cool. Food is great. The people were great. The weather was, you know, very fall for Europe. Oh, sure. But fall. yeah, I had a great time. It was a, a birthday present for Mr. Cosmetic Chemist uh, for, the, for the big birthday that I had. And that's right. You just turned uh, you just got into a new decade. I did. Yeah. And uh, we had a great time. Well, that is excellent. Uh, shall we go to some beauty, beauty science, science news? news. Yep. Well, this article, I saw it when both of us were gone, and I knew that it fit perfect into our celebrity launch section. Of uh, Brad Pitt starting his new skincare brand. But what was more interesting to me about this was that everyone got their feathers in a kerfluffle over this. There were some indie beauty who people who did get uh, kerfuffle. First, uh, Brad Pitt launched this line, and in the press release about it, or in the press about it, he uh, sort of credited Gwyneth Paltrow, and he said, "Hey, I liked what she was doing, so I launched my own line." Yeah, yeah, so, good for him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. Uh, so, so what's going on with his line, though? Well, it is a pricier skincare brand. Some people don't feel it's uh, too special, but it's called Le Domaine or La Domain or, you know, I don't speak. Le Domain. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a genderless beauty brand. And he launched it in a partnership with French winemakers, Famille Perrin, who supplied the ingredients from their Chateau de Boucastel vineyard. You know, it's, what do you call it, unisex or? Oh, genderless. genderless. Mm-hmm. It's genderless, except... Le, L-E, that's like the masculine in French, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's a, You know, that that is kind of a problem with French, right? They have the le and they have the la, so they're the femi- they have a lot of feminine and masculine, so it's very very binary language. 
Well, in response to his launch, um, beauty entrepreneurs are not happy, uh, specifically indie brands. They created a website called notanothercelebritybrand.com, which oh, come on. <laughs> I feel like we could have created because we've been talking yeah. about it for the last year. It was one of our big predictions. And they basically say celebrities have no business creating beauty products. They have no experience in the industry. They've never interned in this industry or started as a low-level employee in this industry. Uh, we don't waltz into your industry and star in movies. If we could, we would, so you would know right. how it feels. And, you know, I I was kind of rubbed the wrong way by by their issue with his beauty line. It does, it does smack to me a little sour grapes. I mean, I understand how annoying it might be that a celebrity will come in and pretend like they put together a line and then they sell it and then they are very successful. Meanwhile, some indie beauty person has been putting together formulas in their kitchen and coming up with this brand and trying to scrap and scrape for every sale they get. Meanwhile, Brad Pitt just comes in and since everyone knows Brad Pitt, they're just going to buy his products. I understand the frustration, but hey man, that's the beauty business, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the the great news in our country is that anyone can do anything they want. And yeah, he has the means and he has the platform to do it. And so it stinks for the people who don't. But some of the comments really bothered me because I get approached by people every single day that have never worked in the beauty industry a single day, not even as a low level employee, and they want to start a brand. I get approached all the time by people who have no experience in the beauty industry, no, honestly, no business being in the beauty industry, um, you know, but their dream is to launch a beauty brand and they're doing it. If those people launch the brand, no one would be saying anything to them. And you know what? A lot of celebrities have launched beauty brands. Right. So like, what's the big deal if he wants to get his skin in the game I, or his game in the skin? Right. <laughs> his game in the skin. I, I, I'm with you there. And, you know, you would say like, well, doesn't Brad Pitt have enough money? Why does he have to do this thing? But, you know, he doesn't have Elon Musk money. So unless you have that much money, I suppose uh, doing something for money still makes a lot of sense. But, you know, he has an interest in it. At least it's not like no work to launch a line. I mean, he's got to talk about it. People are going to ask him questions about it. And quite frankly, you know, I, I love the indie beauty scene and... Uh, I encourage everybody to do indie beauty uh, launches, but a lot of launching a product is developing the brand name. And when you're a celebrity, you've already done that. And then just getting people to buy into that brand. And I, it totally makes sense to me that celebrities are launching lines. And one of the other complaints is that, yes, for indie brands, it's very difficult to fundraise. The answer that they get from investors, this is a quote in one article, is that it's a diluted market and it's going to take a lot of marketing money to get out there. So they're frustrated that Brad Pitt just kind of waltzed in and did everything. But I mean, these are truths and, you know, not everyone has a great concept. And while as a beauty brand, you may think you have like the next best thing. Sometimes it's more than that to make a brand more successful. It's no pun intended, a formula, right? I, I just wouldn't poo-poo on Brad Pitt. Who cares? Yeah, no, I think it's unfair. I, I mean, the reality is that he's, everybody has access to pretty much the same technology. Yeah. So 
your indies, your big corporations, your celebrities, everybody can make a decent working product. Now, now if they go to a, a, a Valerie George to come up with a formula, you're going to have a wonderful product, of course. But hopefully, you know, no, no, hopefully, come on, <laughs> don't sell yourself short there. Uh, but what I'm saying is, like, if you wanted to, if you hadn't, if you knew nothing about the beauty industry, and you wanted to make a skin cream. You could find a contract manufacturer who makes a pretty darn good skin cream. And then it comes down to how good are you marketing it. A lot of products that are very popular aren't the best products out there, but they are the best at marketing. And marketing is so important in the beauty business because everybody can make products that are just as good as everybody else. And that's why celebrities are doing this because they've already got the marketing piece started and they know they can make a product that's pretty good. I say leave Brad Pitt alone. Valerie, before we drop off of this, uh, who's the next celebrity that's going to come out with something? Ooh, um, I want to say Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. Why hasn't she already done something? I don't know. It'd be pretty cool if she, you know, maybe helped fund some of these smaller brands. Maybe she's already doing it. I know Kim Kardashian just uh, launched Sky Capital. I don't know if you heard that. I did not, no. It is a VC uh, venture uh, ah. where her and someone else uh, partner together to help invest in consumer product and media brands. Huh. Okay. And only because I watched a movie yesterday, my prediction is, uh, who's that guy who plays Thor? I watched Love and Thunder yesterday. Uh, Thor is uh, Chris Helmsworth. It wasn't that Jason guy who's like really tall with like lots of beautiful hair. No, I thought about no, him no, no. too. It's, it's Chris Helmsworth. My prediction is that he's going to come out with a, a beauty line. I don't think so. I We're just predictions. All right. <laughs> how about we go to my story here? Yeah. What'd you see? Well, Valerie, have you ever tried an anti-wrinkle cream? I mean, you know, not that, <laughs> not that the fact that you're 40 now... Uh, means anything but uh have you ever tried one i think it's a silly question but Uh, i probably have tried a product that has anti-wrinkle benefits but maybe not its main benefit was for anti-wrinkles right of course the the whole point of like a moisturizer that's your anti-wrinkle but yeah (laughs) anyway i bring this up because there's a very interesting court case that i stumbled on uh it turns out l'oreal is facing a lawsuit over some of their anti-wrinkle collagen claims. So apparently L'Oreal has this uh, topical treatment, this uh, collagen uh, anti-wrinkle treatment. And people, they they put together a class action lawsuit against them because they're arguing that the L'Oreal topical products have a collagen that is too large to be absorbed into the skin. Uh, which which they say that means, well, if the collagen can't be absorbed in the skin, then the anti-aging claims are misleading and false. Although maybe it is too large to be absorbed by the dermis, which who knows what type of collagen they've used. Collagen's kind of a generic term, right? It could sure. be varying molecular weights. It definitely, I think, could help smooth fine lines and wrinkles because collagen is still a very powerful humectant and attracts water to skin, which maybe would fill just like hyaluronic acid and plump fine lines. Sure. 
Well, I will say L'Oreal's response to this, however. Oh, what was it? Well, they sought to dismiss the claims on the basis that they never said that the collagen could enter the skin and stimulate collagen production. So the, so the lawsuit True. is the lawsuit is saying, hey, we bought this product because we thought collagen was going to get into my skin, stimulate collagen production, and make my wrinkles go away. And L'Oreal said, hey, we never said that was going to happen. Oh, the power of language, right? I know. If you got to read those claims, right? They're, <laughs> especially a big company like L'Oreal or a P&G, a Unilever, they're not going to make claims that haven't been vetted by their lawyers. And if you actually read what they're saying, uh, they probably are in line with, uh, they're probably fair. They're not saying anything that's uh, directly false, right? They might be yeah. implying something that is a little bit false. But as they said, we never said collagen was going to stimulate collagen production, even though you might have read that in. Um, and so I guess that's going to be their defense. We'll see. You know, lawsuits are an, are at an all-time high. It's a very easy way, you know, for people to make money. Lawyers take these cases pro bono and hope for settlement. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's not like Sonny Bono, right? <laughs> no. This pro. He was a pro. <laughs> oh, bad oh, jokes. Want want. Uh, whenever I think of uh, Bono, I always think of Sonny. Do we have time for a question? Sure. Laura says, she's from Patreon. Thank you, Laura. We always appreciate our patrons. She says, hey, I love your show. Does Argeline work, and are all the retinol 0.25% products brands the same? Thank you. Argeline. Mm. Have you yeah, used Argeline? You f- uh, I have not used it, but I'm familiar with it. So Argeline, that's, uh, isn't that amino acid? No, you're thinking arginine. They sound oh, very right. close. Yeah, arginine. Argeline is a registered mark by Lipotech, which is a raw material active supplier, and it's actually a peptide solution, ooh, acetylhexylpeptide ooh. 8. Oh, so it's a few amino acids put together. Yeah, and essentially this works. I think they say it's kind of like Botox without saying oh. it's just like Botox. It's like bo- but <laughs> Botox without the needles? But <laughs> Yeah, but they allege that this helps produce softer muscle contraction and improved muscle relaxation after expression wow. to help uh, reduce the appearance of wrinkles. Well, that, that sounds fabulous. It sounds like, like what a moisturizer does, right? Yeah, well, kind of. So they go through the... Uh, the snare complex with the different snap molecules that help with uh, muscle muscle contractions such as snap 25 and they say that this acts very similar to that uh, transmitter to help prevent the muscles from contracting so basically like botox and i think they've actually kind of updated some of their literature because uh-huh. um i think it was more focused in the past on being like a Botox type ingredient, which we all know is is kind of not allowed. Because that's making drug claims right there. Exactly. Yeah. So now uh, their literature just more goes through the scientific data that they have. And Lipotech does usually very, very good studies, uh, you know, to demonstrate their work both in vivo and in vitro. 
Yeah, they're a big company, a big raw material company. They uh, know they've been in the industry a long time. They know standard protocols you could use. So, you know, if you look at their data, it's probably going to say something good. Of course, you know, they're not going to publish anything that's not good. So, so it's not like it's not like science. It's more like marketing. It's more like uh, yeah. proving something through a lawyer. So uh, there's there might be something there, but, eh, you know. It's when someone, whenever somebody promises Botox but a topical treatment, uh, it's not going to be as good as Botox. No, you Botox know, right? is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, Botox, you like inject it and it gets there, right? A yeah. topical treatment has got to go through the epidermis. It's got to like leave its way down there. It's got to get into the, yeah. It's just not the same thing. And the thing with Botox is it has some binding mechanism for quite a bit of time, whereas who knows the longevity of a a topical solution. Yeah. The bottom line is topical will never be as good as Botox, at least nothing we've ever found. No. But what about retinol? The other part of that question, right? Uh, Yeah. Laura asks about uh, are all retinol 0.25% product brands the same? Huh. Well, you know, retinol is an unstable molecule. Yeah. And so I would say that no. I mean, some some brands are going to be better at stabilizing the product than others. Yeah. Additionally, the way the formulation is put together can impact the way the retinol is delivered into the skin. So with some products, you may have more dermal penetration than other products. As Perry mentioned, stability is a a big factor. So they're not all the same. I would definitely look for ones in airless containers. That's not even surefire enough. I would look and see what the brand is advertising as their sta- stabilization mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, packaging is packaging can have an impact too. Uh, yeah. You don't want to, ha- uh, retinol is light sensitive. So if, unless it's yep. an opaque bat package it it could probably break down before it actually gets on your skin so uh, i would say no not all 0.25 percent retinol products are the same uh but you know all things being equal packaging uh formulation form uh yeah they probably work pretty similarly yeah 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 well i do have one pseudo retraction to make perry You do? Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it a retraction, but I do want to say that sometimes the beauty brains can be a little too skeptical. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm also talking about (laughs) Perry, and probably Perry more so (laughs) than me. I do border on uh, cynical. (laughs) It's a a fine line, skeptical, cynical. I don't know. Okay, what what did I, what was I too crazed on? Well, in episodes 276 and 311, I'll say we had a good laugh about uh, two questions that came in that were talking about the same brand. Is skin aging the same as rusting? Uh, oh, was right. one of them. And we, you know, we had a good chuckle about that. Well, and the, the marketing o- was a little bit over the top, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and the other one was, again, asking if uh, skincare products could help your skin, prevent your skin from rusting. And Rusting, yeah. Yeah, we had a good laugh. Um, you know, there were some good lines from from the website, uh, such as the rust is history. And uh, the skincare line basically has a de-ironizing inducer technology, DII, uh, by Dr. Z. And uh, it basically removes iron from skin that is causing skin to prematurely 
oxidized. You're not aging, you're rusting. Gotcha. And I had the pleasure before, or when I came back from Slovakia, from moderating the California chapter scientific seminar where Dr. Z was a speaker at the seminar. I moderated a panel he was on. And, you know, I was excited because I'm like, hey, we've gotten a couple questions about this guy's skincare brand. He's going to present the research that led to it. Sure. Pretty cool, right? So actually, he didn't talk about his skincare line until the Q&A session because someone asked, okay, you've presented this problem. Now, how do we do it? And he basically was like, well, I created a skincare line and I have all the patents <laughs> around course, it, so there, which was there, pretty cool. Yeah. So his research was actually very interesting. And I do have to say, you know, while the skincare line looks like a very beautiful line, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much it really works because I haven't seen that research, but his sure. research, his whole career has focused on iron in the skin and how it increases as women head towards menopause. Hmm. And there's lots of data to show that as estrogen decreases, um, iron content in the skin increases and it's directly related to, uh, photo aging in skin. So you're saying... We were kind of uh, downplaying the importance of this technology, but there's actually some uh, interesting science that goes behind this, and the product lines might be doing more than we were letting on. Kind of. I mean, I still don't know how well the product works or if there really is a measurable difference in skin with using it. But, you know, I think we did we did have a good chuckle. And yes, there's a lot of marketing hype. You know, he did say that he collaborated with a marketer and they came up with the tagline, you're not aging, you're rusting. Sure. You know, it's sure. not totally him. You know, it's cute. Uh, but I think, you know, it was just really cool to see this guy's life science. And it's talked about on the website, but I think it's more like product focus versus, uh-huh. wow, this is a really uh, big area. And we're just dipping our toes into it, even though, you know, we've known about iron and skin for a while. So it was just, it was kind of cool to see his medical work presented. Absolutely. And and as we've been told before, we're not dermatologists. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and we've never claimed to be dermatologists. Yeah. Uh, there could be some stuff going on in the skin. Uh, you know, I look, uh, my advice about skincare and my positions on skincare uh, it's very high level stuff. I look at uh, because I'm, you know, one of the things that has really influenced me a lot is being involved in uh, consumer research yeah. and knowing how bad people are at telling obvious differences in products. Now, yeah. a lot of what I do is hair care. And like I know that I've put together two formulas which are exactly the same, they just have a different fragrance. And yet, groups of consumers will say that the foam was way off on one because they didn't like how it smelled. And I've even given people the same product in two different bottles. Right. And they've told me they were different. Right. Exactly. Like, and not so, even a fragrance difference, like literally the same product. Right. Yeah. I, I have had that exact experience. And so that makes me skeptical that people can really tell. Uh, minute differences and that's what we're talking about here when we're talking when we're looking at different technologies and different active ingredients these aren't big changes that you're going to see unless you're using something like i don't know dha that's a big change you know it's going to change the color of your skin uh sunscreens are a big change you know if you have it uh you protect from sunburn if you don't have it you get burned uh but something like 
retinol or niacinamide or anti-rusting skincare, you're going to have a hard time seeing differences between that and just a good moisturizer. Now, the differences might appear over, you know, a couple of months, but you know, I don't remember what I looked like two months ago versus yeah. I, I think you'd I have I to have same, right? some photography yeah. or some controlled right. evidence. It's absolutely. These are all subtle things, and so when I come to something and I thought, oh, is there going to be a big difference here by using something that's going to prevent rust? Probably not a big difference, but you know, there could be some science going on here. Well, Doctor Z did said he'd give me some products, so he's going to oh. send some my way, and he wants my oh. opinion. Absolutely. Um, that, that's so I'll wonderful. let you know how I like them, whether or not, you know, they're reducing my iron content in skin, which is going to start climbing in the next year or two. Um, I'll let you <laughs> know. Do, I, do you have to take that? What is that? One a day iron thing? Is it like? <laughs> well, I guess like as a woman, you would not want to take a one a day oh, with right. iron. You want to avoid right. it because there's no other mechanism to remove iron from your body. Huh. So it's just going to keep keep climbing, whereas menstruation Ooh. typically is that mechanism. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because a lot of younger women have a problems with like anemia or something, right? Yeah, it was a ve- it was very interesting research. And well, so... I I saw the pictures. You it looked like you did a good job of moderating the uh, the panel. I worked some jokes in there. T- <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know what else is wonderful? The end of this show. We do have to go because uh, I'm still traveling. Oh, that's right. You are what in the middle of the? Uh, you're in the friendliest state in the country. Ohio, and then oh, I'll be in Boston. Ohio, <laughs> and then I'll be in Boston working Monday, and then headed back to LA for hopefully uh, quite a long time. Laying off Fabulous. the travel after Well, that. I I am uh, I'm going to be out in LA in uh, December, so hopefully I'll see you. Can't wait to see you. Maybe we'll go get a um, a facial together. Yeah, indeed. And you know what I'm doing before that? The um, end of this month, I'm going to Chile and Uruguay. Oh, wow. Montevideo and uh, Santiago. So. Oh, very cool. For work? Yeah. For work, I'm uh, speaking out there. Bring me with you one time. <laughs> well, I will do that coming in the next year. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And if you think of it and you want to support the show, keep us ad-free, go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. We appreciate all our patrons. And as Laura saw, if you're a patron and you ask a question... Even on a show where we're not answering questions, we answer your question. <laughs> if you get a chance, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review that's going to help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer. We also have social media stuff, don't we? Uh, what are we, uh, Instagram? We're the Beauty Brains 2018. Yep, on Twitter, we're at the Beauty Brains, and we have a Facebook page, plus maybe a future TikTok. We are squatting on TikTok, but we haven't done anything on it yet. <laughs> We are squatters. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. Kittens. <laughs>